Come in. Here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oriza Asian Cuisine and Bar is celebrating its fifth year anniversary. Enjoy Chinese, Vietnamese, Thai, and Korean all combined into one menu. Visit 5 Sturgis Corner Drive next to Staples in Iowa City. Open 11 to 10 every day, 365 days a year, or visit online at orizaic.com. Hi, this is A.J. Perez, Managing Partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. Welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Rapid Rapid Reaction Podcast here on Hawk Fanatic. I am Rob Howe, joined by Jovan Johnson, former Iowa cornerback, longtime pro. Um, as I said, as we were uh, when we when we come on here, Jovan, that was just not good. It was too much like last week from an offensive standpoint, and it didn't seem like. I mean, the defense looked gassed at the end. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, when you don't produce on offense, and and you make it tough on the defense when they're practically trying to stop teams from scoring. I mean, the defense came up with some big stops after big turnovers on uh, on the offensive behalf. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, all three phases have to work together. You you can't win one without winning the other two. Yeah. Um, from a defensive standpoint, they um, look like Iowa State did some things offensively that uh, – um, at least allowed it to not get pinned back like South Dakota State last week. It, Iowa didn't have that field position advantage that it had last week, and that kind of showed, didn't you think? Yeah, you know, when, you, when you're trying to flip the field, you know, Torrey Taylor punted the ball well, but, you know, as far as the covers goes, 
you know, sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way. Last week against uh, South Dakota, you had the opportunity of getting those bounces that were not fortunate this week. So, you know, it's one of those things in a game where field position really matters. Iowa State did a tremendous job of making sure that they didn't get backed up or get pinned back. So um, they moved the ball and they get, got themselves out of a hole and, and were able to punt the ball to flip the field and, and just keep changing the field position to keep it at bay so that we didn't get them backed up too much. Um, how are you feeling? I mean, I, it, I know how the fans feel. As a former player, how do you feel? I mean, it was six in a row against Iowa State. Eventually, you figure they're probably going to win one. Um, how, how disappointing is it for you as a former player when you watch this? Or do you put yourself in the player's shoes and say, man, I know how they feel? I mean, I, I, I look at it from both ends of the spectrum because, you know, when you are an Iowa Hawkeye, you know, you, anytime we get the, the opportunity to play against Iowa State, you always want to win that game. And you know what it means to the players. You know what it means to the fans. Um, just because of that rivalry is so big and so uh, traditional. but um, you look at it and, and you just think, man, I mean, you're so close. And for us not having lost to them in the last six years, is, it should have been another one. So it should have been seven years instead of six. Yeah, no doubt. You, you when you, when it's that tight too, as you said, it's just you you think about all those opportunities and chances that you didn't take advantage of, and that's kind of what you got to get back up from. I want to let the listeners and viewers know that uh, Jordan. Kanzeri just texted me. He said he had something come up and was unable to watch the game today. So Jordan's probably doing better than all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't get to see it. what happened. Just what happened just not too long ago. So that's probably good for him. Uh, yes. And uh, we'll hopefully have him back on with, with Jovan and I again next week. Jovan, obviously Jordan's not here. Um, you – study offenses you're a head coach you you have to know offense mm-hmm. what are you seeing I mean it seems like the first two weeks it just looks so hard on offense it's you know not you know not don't get the right blocking or the throws bad or the catches dropped it just seems like everything that can go wrong is going wrong absolutely um, when you when you start to look at the different issues that they're having, Number one, all right, in the run game, Iowa's offensive line has to create and generate push up front. And right now, in order for you to establish the run, you got to win at the offensive line. And they're not getting enough push up front to give the running backs a chance to get running lanes. There's times where they show spurts, but there's not enough of that consistently. Um, And then in the pass game, you know, Spencer Petras has to be better. I mean, he has to be better. Right now, he's missing throws. I mean, they had him on a half roll a few times where he's overthrowing guys that should be like free throws. It should just be, you know, money in the bank every time you throw it. Uh, you got guys running wide open on just five-yard quick out routes, and, and you can't hit a target. You know, that that's troublesome. Um, they got to get that fixed. And then, you know, receivers. You know, Iowa hasn't had a big-time receiver in a while. You know, they, they had uh, – the Jones kid from last year that transferred to Purdue, um, you know, they don't have him this year. So, you know, they need to have somebody in the receiving core emerge and become a guy who can 
make things happen and, and get things done. So, you know, that they're struggling right now offensively to find a way and, and they can't win if you can't find a way to, to score and put points on the board on offense. What do you do when it's, you know, when things are going, do you just kind of go back to just the basics and try to build from there? What, what do you think this week is like for Iowa in terms of trying to take the necessary step forward that it needs to take on offense? I mean, I, I think they, what they need is, is to light a fire under the quarterback position and, you know, make a statement. You know, if, if the games keep going the way they're going, you know, they got to make a move at that position. And right now, the way it seems is, you know, he's comfortable and he doesn't think they're going to make a change. And I think that that's the, the biggest position and concern that they have offensively is, is at the quarterback position. Yeah, I wonder from a timing standpoint, Jovan, you've got Nevada next week. It's a home game at Kinnick. It's a night game. Should be a good atmosphere, even though fans are going to be pissed off after this one. But um, And then you go to Rutgers the week after that. I'm just wondering, timeline-wise, is now the time to do it and get Padilla in there maybe against an easier opponent rather than two weeks from now you're ha- traveling halfway across the country to New Jersey and Rutgers? Um or what do you do in practice this week to maybe make it so, okay, this thing is open, fellas. May the best man win. Yeah, I mean, I think you go into it with an open mind, thinking that, you know, I think it's probably time to get Padilla some reps. Um, in practice, I was scripted where, you know, both quarterbacks are getting an equal share of, of the workload. And then, you know, against Nevada, you start with Petras, you know, to see if he can kind of get things moving, get the ball rolling. And if not, then you give Padilla a shot to go out there and see what he can do. Um, because right now, the struggle is, can they put points on the board offensively? And you, in the last two games, you only scored 14 points offensively as, as a total. And now you can't win football games that way. Defense can only do so much. I mean, they only gave up seven or 13 points in two games as a defense. That Those usually equate to winning numbers. Yeah, and you look at today, man, there's two block punts that help out. You got, you know, pretty good field position. Mm-hmm. The offense was given really good opportunities today that it couldn't take advantage of. Heck, yeah. I mean, and the defense came came up big with a couple of plays. You know, they turned the ball over uh, right before the second half, throw an interception. Um, and then yeah, the they, had, they, had, they had two fumbles in the end zone, Iowa State, and still yeah. won. Yeah, so you know when when you get that kind of defensive performance, you you typically win. So I think the offense just got to figure it out. You know, and I don't know what it's going to take, but uh, they definitely need to figure things out in order for them to to win going forward. Some numbers for folks here that are listening, maybe driving home um, in the car uh, from the game. Uh, Iowa State ends up with three hundred and thirteen total yards of offense, one eighty four passing, one twenty nine rushing. Iowa one fifty after last week's one sixty six, ninety two passing, fifty eight on the ground. Spencer Petrus twelve for twenty six for ninety two yards and an interception. Uh, Lashawn Williams uh, fourteen carries, thirty four yards and a TD, two point four yards per carry. Uh, Caleb Johnson, the freshman, carried four times for 13 yards. Uh, so for the overall, I would just not running the ball well, not throwing the ball well. 
Um, what are you seeing from the defenses against Iowa's offense, Jovan? It just seems like everybody's in the box, just daring them to throw the ball over their heads. Yeah, I mean, they, they're daring them to throw it because they don't feel like the receiving core that they have, you know, minus the tight end and Sam Laporta. I mean, they don't think that the receivers that Iowa has on their roster can beat them in a man-to-man situation. So, I mean, you have the ability to stack the line, stack the box, bring pressure, you know, give exotic looks and do some different things on defense when you don't fear the receiving core and you don't fear the quarterback in the passing game. So, you know, it's it's easier said than done, uh, but they're making it look like it's easy when when uh, they're stacking the box and making you throw the ball and you can't do it. Nice game from Cooper DeGene. Uh, 11 total tackles, led Iowa. He had six solos. He had a pick, two pass breaks up, and he had a crappy uh, rough in the roughing call or what late hit call. Did you see that? I mean, he he hit the guy. He hit the guy. He hit Deckers while he was still in bounds. It looked bad because it carried out of bounds, but I thought that was a bad call. And it was a big call. Yeah, it was a big call. Um, you know they. All these referees, you know, being a head coach now, you know, I, I get on the refs a lot because, <laughs> you know, they're always trying to protect the quarterback. And, you know, at the end of the day, when the quarterback's running with the football, he's a runner. And, you know, you, you can't always protect them. You can only do so much to help them. So sometimes they, 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 the runners just need to step out of bounds instead of, you know, trying to get an extra yard or two and, and let a defender take a shot. So, yeah, it was a bad call. But at the end of the day, the refs have to do a job. And what do we do? We, we can complain about it, but we got to move on. Yep, no doubt. All right. I wanted to let folks know that uh, support for the podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at SUI.org. Check them out. Thank you for their sponsorship. What's it like in the locker room right now, Jovan? I mean, guys are probably frustrated. They're probably upset, um, you know, because they feel like in this game they they should have won. But, you know, I know the defensive guys, you know, are probably feeling frustrated because they played their hearts out. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a team game, and you got to have all three phases working together. You know, you, had, you still, even despite it all, you still had a chance to tie the game up. Um, and send it in overtime and you miss a field goal. So, I mean, you can look at all different ways, but, you know, I know there's guys in the locker room that are upset because the standard of viable football is to win and to produce and go out there and excel. And they just can't figure it out right now. They haven't, they haven't gotten it done. They haven't had a explosive moment in the last two weeks. I mean, the defense has played solid and pretty well, but other than that, you know, the kicking game has been up and down and the offense just hasn't been there. As a defensive guy, as a defense itself, I know Jack mm-hmm. Campbell was a really good leadership last week when he stood up there and said, hey, man, we win as a team, we lose as a team. I'm confident in the offense. Mm-hmm. From a defense's perspective, um, is there anything you can do to help those guys? Is there, any, Or do you just try to keep pumping them up and, and letting them know you have confidence in them and helping them go, you know, helping them through the tough time? You definitely got to, you got to hold up your end of the bargain and do things to try to, you know, help motivate and encourage them. Um, defensively, when you, when you get stops, 
you know, when you get turnovers and you give them the ball and in, in position to score, I think that helps the offense and it and it helps generate momentum. I think they they've had some moments where you know they had the ability to turn the ball over, get the offense the ball in position to score and things like that. But they need to figure out a way of of getting more of it. Um, you know, right now the offense is just struggling to move the ball effectively throughout four quarters. So if they if the defense can do something to help them out, I would just keep encouraging them, keep motivating them. You know, let them know that you have their back and that you're not going to, you know, start pointing the finger at who's to blame because it's a team game and you need everybody all three phases. On the touchdown pass to Hutchinson, it seemed like Riley was in good position there. Riley Moss was in good position. He wanted offensive pass interference. Looked like a clean play to me. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, as a defensive back, you know, we we always, you know, when the ball's thrown our way, and we're in in position, and the receiver gets that little nudge. You want the refs to call pass interference <laughs> for the offense, but I mean, it it, ne- it never really gets called. You know, I mean, I've seen it. I've been a part of it a numerous times where you know it's happened, but it's, it doesn't get called. It it has to be a blatant play, and uh, I mean, I thought it was fairly clean. I mean, it could have went either way, but um, you know, it, it rarely gets called, so you can't ever in that situation expect that call. Yeah, it looked like there was some hand fighting there, and and obviously when you're when you're tangled up like that, there's going to be some pushing and and uh, some movement there. So just a tough play there. I thought he was in good position. Good mm-hmm. throw, man. Good throw and a good catch. Yeah, they had a they had another one uh, just before the uh, first half ended, um, where Hutchinson made a heck of a grab, you know, and and Moss was again in great position, you know, just a better throw and catch. You know, sometimes it that it happens that way. Um, you just got to go on to the next play. And, and they did in the first half where they intercepted the ball in the end zone. So, you know, you just got to find a way to get it done. So, I mean, I, as a DB, you know, again, you want those calls, but, you know, you just got to figure it out. Uh, Iowa State was able to run the ball a little bit today, got over 100 yards. you see anything there? It seemed like there was uh, they were kind of running some counter stuff and some things to get Campbell and the other linebackers. And they're missing Justin Jacobs too. No, no offense to Logan Clemp, but he's the and he's the next guy. And he did some nice things today. But you're mm-hmm. missing one of your starting linebackers. It looked like Iowa State did some a nice misdirection and counter stuff. Yeah, I mean, no. Anytime you get um, counters and misdirections, it's important for uh, everybody on the front seven to do their job. Um, you know, and versus counter plays, you know, you got guys going one way, and then you got pullers going the other way. So it's imperative that linebackers uh, read their keys and the defensive linemen, you know, make sure that they knock off pullers and stuff like that because it all works in tandem. But that, that's one of the best plays in football is, is counters and powers where you got pulling guards and tackles and stuff like that uh, just because you get a lot more blockers, you know, got some guys blocking back. Um, just getting in position is, is tough um, because everybody has to, to work together and those counter plays to make sure that the play gets stopped effectively. Uh, last one, and we'll wrap this one up. Um, there's no need to harp on, <laughs> harp on this one anymore. It's bad enough. Um, I started to sense it here in town, but, you know, it used to be like when you were here in Iowa City, there wasn't Twitter and social media. So you hear it maybe in cla- in when you go to class or if you're downtown, you know, if you have a rough game, you kind of get – little blowback that way. But now these guys are dealing with it from social media. 
And it was starting to it's starting to hit them a little bit last week, I think. And Arlen Bruce was telling me I tried to stay away from it. How do you kind of deal with that and just make sure that it's you stays in the locker room and you don't hear that noise from the outside? I mean, you you obviously the guys are going to be in tune with social media because that's just the new wave. Um, when we were in Iowa, we didn't have social media. It wasn't as big. So you didn't really have that distraction or something that, you know, if people were talking junk about you and, you know, you didn't really see it because you weren't a part of this new era of, of the way things are. So, you know, you just got to kind of remove yourself from that, understand that everybody's going to have a, have an opinion and it's not up to you to, to go out and ch- try to change anybody's mind. You just got to go play uh, for the guys in the locker room. Cause that's the most important part. Don't worry about what the outsiders have to say. Um, because they don't they don't make or break you you just got to go out there and, and stay focused yep no doubt and uh hopefully the hawks can bounce back and get things on track uh next week against nevada before kicking off the big 10 season in two weeks at rutgers and then michigan after that so no yeah. time to relax man yeah no no days off you got to <laughs> get back to it and figure it out i mean it's better it's better to figure it out figure it out early in the season then to let things linger and uh, when you got the the opportunity to make a change and make things go about it in a different course and redirect. Thanks a bunch again, Joe Vaughn, for joining us on the uh, Rapid Reaction podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully we get Jordan back again with us next week. Hopefully you like the live YouTube addition to this. Uh, hopefully, we, hopefully we don't look too old, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look at all this gray hair, man. Remember when you were here? I didn't have all this gray hair. No, you didn't. (laughs) You didn't at all. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the sponsors. We will talk to you next week. Be nice to each other. Take care.